Welcome to Pilgrim Talk. This is David O'Rourke for Pilgrim Talk, welcoming you to something in the Pilgrim Shoelace mode. What on earth is that? Well, maybe you remember Anthony and I talking uh, some time ago about this idea of a pilgrim shoelace. What do you do with a shoelace? Well, you thread it through the holes and you try to draw together um, in terms of what God is saying to Ireland today. And I have to say, I have been very encouraged over the last day or two um, having heard Paul and Nula O'Higgins speaking about what the Lord is showing them and what's happening in his body in Ireland today. And I would like to share with you some of the things that they've been saying. It looks to me like it will probably take a couple of sessions. But I'd like to begin uh, begin with uh, what Paul was saying concerning the tabernacle of David and David's wonderful desire to bring the tabern to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem so that God could be inquired of again. And Paul has some wonderful scripture, uh, Paul O'Higgins that is, has some wonderful scripture to share about this and without further ado I would invite you to uh, sit back and listen. 18 says the path of the righteous is like the light of day gets brighter and brighter to the full day so turn to the one beside you punch them on the shoulder and say your best days are ahead. On earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. We're only beginning. And there are pitfalls along the way, but we learn on the way. And uh, we're all in a learning curve. We're going from glory to glory. And that means there's unglory falling away. And uh, Jim there mentioned about the ark there. And it just reminded me to turn here to the passage about the ark in 1 Chronicles 16. And the story of the ark, we all know it. Uh, the ark was given there when Moses went up Mount Sinai and for, went through these camps in the wilderness and they brought it into Shiloh and uh, it was captured by the Philistines. We all know that story. And then uh, it didn't do the Philistines much good because it knocked down their God. Yeah. the presence of the ark. And we're looking for times of refreshing for the presence of the yes. Lord. Yeah. And so the ark is a symbol of the presence of the Lord. Yeah. And we can have all the right words and all the right doctrines, but the presence of the Lord isn't there, it just falls flat in its face. Yes. It becomes yeah. dry theology. Yeah. And it's amazing how people in Bible schools survive. <laughs> 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 I decided not to finish the sentence. <laughs> And uh, it says in, in, um, in, in uh, 1 Chronicles 13, when the ark was brought out, the, the Philistines sent it on a, 
on a cart, and the king uh, to Beth Shemesh, and they offered sacrifice there. And uh, but it says that when David became king, one of the first things he did is said, "Where is the ark? Mm-hmm. We need my the presence." And the ark is the presence of God. Yeah. He knew that his kingdom would be nothing without the presence of God. So he sought to have the presence of God front and center in his administration. So it wasn't just, I'll be a king and I'll ask him for the help from God. <laughs> Much more than that, he wanted the central thing to be the presence of God. Amen. And I think a lot of us have, we have, we're kings over our own lives and we get a little help from God. Yeah. Now and again. <laughs> but the front thing is my agenda for yes. me. <laughs> yes. With a little help from God so I can pursue my agenda and be all that I want to be. And that's the sort of distorted faith, distorted Christianity that we have that's about to be broken off of us by the mercy of God. So they brought the ark and then uh, up from Kiriath Yarim. And this is in uh, 1 Chronicles 13. And they carried the ark, verse 7, on a new cart from the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahiah drove the cart. They had been there in the house of Abinadab, and these two guys, Uzzah and Ohio, and uh, they drove the cart with the ark there. And David joined them, were bringing the ark up to Jerusalem, so great, great celebration, like a revival. Mm-hmm. And we're bringing the presence of God unto Jerusalem. And then David and all of Israel played music before God with their might all their might, with singing on harps, stringed instruments, tambourines, cymbals, with trumpets, a real good praise time. Mm-hmm. And when they, when they came to Kaidan's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. And things were going so well, focused on the presence of the Lord. They were the right people, the right ark, <laughs> the right doctrine, presence of the Lord, the right heart, beautiful songs. And yet the whole thing stumbled at a certain spot. And when they came to Chaidan's thrashing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him. Wow, dangerous thing to handle the presence of the Lord. Because he put his hand to the ark, and he died there before the Lord. So in the middle of this huge revival and celebration, we're going to bring the presence of the Lord, we're this people of God for this day of the Lord, the whole thing goes pear-shaped on them. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. Therefore the place is called Perez Uzzah to this day, that's the outbreak. David was afraid of God that day and said, how can I bring the ark of God to me? So David would not move the ark with him to the city of David but took it inside into the house of Abed-Edom. The ark of God remained in the family of Abed-Edom three months, and the Lord blessed the house of Abed-Edom. And this is a cautionary tale. And he, this Uzzah reached out his hand to prop up <coughs> not the ark, but the cart that was carrying the ark. Mm-hmm. You see, God had intended that the ark would be carried on the shoulders of the Levites. And they had built an artificial cart. I suppose it was a more sophisticated more technology. Modern. <laughs> more modern. Yeah, it's got wheels. This thing can move. It loves to take the burden off the priest. Mm. And we can have just carry on this faster, more robust, more efficient way of bringing the ark. And yet it wasn't the way ordained by God. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a, a problem 
we have many methodologies out there being offered as ways, more efficient ways to carry the presence of God. But God has, has ordained a way that his message will be carried by disciples yeah. who will go from place to place, from locality to locality, and bring the good news of his kingdom with them wherever they go. Yeah. There's no shortcut. And uh, we say, well, we could make this huge, big uh, website or something. Well, that, you know, we have a website ourselves. But, you know, ultimately the website won't do the work. God needs a person. Yes. God so loved the world that he wrote a message in the sky, I love you. Mm. No. He emptied himself, came right down to where people were, down into the fields of Bethlehem, into, in, uh, to Egypt and then into Nazareth, with the working people for 30 years, and then went among the people, among the shepherds, among the ordinary people, among the simple people, and to the cross, and that's it. And then he said, as the Father sent me, so also I send you. That's the way it's going to come. People going among people. People going to villages. People going to neighborhoods. And that the ark will be carried this way. There's no shortcut into this. And so there was a great double take. But it doesn't end in the sad part. That was just a regrouping. And uh, it says in, uh, in, we read on in 1 Chronicles 16, Finally, they brought the ark up to Jerusalem. And um, the, uh, verse 25 of 1 Chronicles 15. So David, the elders of Israel, the captains over thousands, went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord from the house of Abedadah with joy. And so it was, when God helped the Levites, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, that they offered seven bulls and seven rams. Very interesting. There, God helped them. God helped them. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps us as we begin to do things in the way prescribed by the Dependent Lord. Dependent on Him. As we come in this dependent, simple way that God has ordained, He will help us. The Holy Spirit is not the door. He's the helper. As we begin to do and to speak and to go, He'll help us as we, be, as we go and begin to speak and to do. And... Um, Thus all Israel brought up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord with shouting, with the sound of the horn. I think there is this resonance ever since those days, 1000 BC, almost exactly 1000 years before the birth of Jesus, almost exactly 3000 years from today. I think they learned how to praise the Lord with tambourine and worship and praise songs like never before. Thus all Israel brought up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord with shouting, with the sound of the horn, with trumpets, with cymbals. Remember at Shiloh, the tabernacle of Moses, there was no shouts. There was no songs like that. There was no exuberance. There was no guitars. There was no dancing. There was shh, quiet. You can't go here. Only the priests here. Only, only the high priests here. Keep out. Keep off. Keep quiet. But here at the tabernacle of David is a very, very different spirit. And it happened as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord was came to the city of David that Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window so David, King David, whirling and playing music, and she despised him in her heart. Because she had been brought up to think that this is the way you worship God. She had been brought up with the pattern of the tabernacle of, of the, uh, at the, uh, the tent at Shiloh. So they brought the ark of the God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. The word that sticks out to me there is the word finished. 
<laughs> Jesus said, it is finished. Amen. David offered sacrifice. And at the tabernacle that he built in Jerusalem, there was only one series of sacrifice, and then it was finished. We never hear another sacrifice offered at the tabernacle in Jerusalem, this tabernacle of David. In the tabernacle of David, there wasn't the furnitures that you have at the tabernacle of Moses, outer court, inner court, holy of holies. Yeah. There was no outer court, inner court, holy of holies. There was the ark, and everyone could approach it. Even the Gentiles could go before, and even the women could go before. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And they sang songs, and he gave Asaph the job of singing songs. So they had just, they appointed them. He appointed, in verse 4, the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to commemorate Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, to remember, to thank, and to praise the Lord. Since the death of Jesus and his resurrection, there remains no more sacrifice for sin, except the sacrifice of acknowledgement, thanking, and praising him for what is already done. The finished work of Jesus on the cross is the greatest event in history. And of course, what happened there is absolutely astonishing. I mean, it goes on beyond what any of us in for hours could describe. But basically, it made him who knew no sin become sin. He imputed unto Jesus all our unrighteousness mm -hmm. and imputed unto us all his righteousness. Yes. That's the greatest fact of history. Yes. Yeah. That's the great that he so loved us, demonstrated his love for us in this manner that he took and bore upon himself all our shame, all our gain, all our blame, and all our guilt. Every single person out there, those who, those who are aware of it, like we are, and those who are not yet aware of it, it does them no good until they put their faith in it. Mm -hmm. And so we have this message that needs to be told to every neighborhood, because there are those who don't realize the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Yes. And so David appointed Asaph, this guy, and you'll see in the Psalms, a Psalm of Asaph often. And uh, this was the psalm in verse 7. On that day, David delivered this psalm into the hands of the Lord, hands of Asaph, to thank the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. And we are his song, songsters today, even those of us who can't carry a tune in the bucket. We are bringing the song of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Thank him for the finished work on the cross. Remember his mighty deeds. And remember that through Jesus we receive the spirit of adoption and sonship. That's all we have time for today. Join us again in Pilgrim Talk to hear some more of what Paul and Nula have been saying in relation to what God is doing in our generation in Ireland today. Thank you for listening. God bless you.